In today's episode, I spoke to Karina from Guatemala, who went from workaholic to momaholic. Her career was everything to her, and she hadn't thought about having kids until later in life. In part one of this interview, we learn about the obstacles and tragedy that she overcame. Listen in. Tell me a little bit about you, and um, you can share whatever you like, if it's about your career, your where you live, like... Um, you know, well, how old you were when you had your first child, please share anything about you that you'd like to share. Okay. Um, well, um, I am 44 years old. I, that, when I say I'm 44, I feel old, but I, like, I, I feel old, but I, I don't feel that old. So it's funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, I, I went to college in the U.S. and I've been an entrepreneur my whole life. I started when I was 14, and here I live in Guatemala. And, and in Guatemala, it's different than in the U.S., like opportunities women get. But I was an entrepreneur. I started selling cookies and brownies, and then I went to college. I went to Starbucks. Mm-hmm. And when I came back to Guatemala, I started working. I was like like 23, and my parents had a, a coffee shop business. They mm-hmm. had four stores. And then I came with this idea of, I saw what Starbucks was doing. This was in 1999. Mm-hmm. And I saw what was happening in the U.S. And I was like, you know what? We can do something bigger in Guatemala. So we started opening coffee shops. And I was working like 16 hours a day. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I had everything. Not many women in my country worked or had a career. And mm-hmm. I was doing my master, making money, and then, like, people you. I was in TV and interviews, and I felt like I had everything. And when I was 28, 26, I think was the first time, they found that I had a lump on my uh-huh. And the doctors were like, I think you have cancer. And I was on the top of my life and, and I was so happy and I felt like I had everything. And mm-hmm. the doctor was like, how many hours did you work? And I'm like, 16. You know what? You need to slow down. You're too young to be having this. So they mm-hmm. took the tumor out and luckily oh, there was God. nothing wrong with it. Thank God. Yeah. But I, I did go through a lot of surgeries to get, to feel good. And I was Two days after I was in the hospital, I was working again. And oh, my gosh. So, you're so brave. Yes, I don't know if you can call me brave, but I was not, <laughs> it was not wise what I was doing. Were you so, a workaholic? Yes, yes. I'm still mm-hmm. a workaholic. Mm-hmm. Yes. But now I'm a mamaholic. <laughs> but, yeah. You're both. And you're then, both, maybe. Yes. I'm trying to. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, two years later, I was working on a shop. We had at the airport. We had 32 stores at that moment. And Amazing. We were, yes, we were making money. And it was a family business. So it was fun. And at the same time, it was a lot of drama. And, and I was eating really bad. My mm-hmm. eating habits were really bad. And how I took care of myself was not good. Mm-hmm. I was 
working a lot, eating what I shouldn't eat, drinking sugar, coffee, and everything that if you ask somebody, it's not wrong. But at the end, I was not taking care of myself. Mm-hmm. So I had, I was, I fainted in one of the stores. And I remember very good that moment, my father came in, he's like, picked me up and took me to the hospital. And they say, you know what, you have a lot of tumors. And we don't know what it is. We think it's cancer. And you need to watch out and start a surgery and all that. Sorry to yeah. interject. Did they identify where those tumors were? Yes. They were in my ovaries. Okay. Yeah. And so that, that was discovered when you went to an emergency room on that day that you, you fainted. Yes. And also in my uterus. Mm. And... and a friend of mine came to me and he she said like it's two years and you've been in the hospital how many times do you think that's worth it and I, I I found a doctor and he started asking me questions like what do you eat how do you take care of yourself and I'm like you know what I wake up I'm not I'm not a party person I I drink but I don't drink too much and I have a good life I'm doing good to others I'm giving work and I'm I've done all this in my life and I'm young Mm -hmm. he's like what about you becoming a mother what about you getting married Mm -hmm. what about you having everything that you should were you single at the time yes I I had a boyfriend but I was not thinking about getting married okay well 28 is still fairly young so that's that's okay that's, I mean, it sounds like you were going through uh, just um, a lot of stress, but you probably didn't even realize you were stressing a lot because you were managing that stress and you're working yes. so much. Mm-hmm. So after okay. that, I started like slowing down mm-hmm. and changing the way I ate. And slowly I started feeling better. The tumors mm-hmm. did not disappear completely but I started feeling every time better and having more energy so mm-hmm. I started doing different things in my life I start I, I started a company where we we sold healthy food so I was selling healthy food to people and then I started a distribution company with health products Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know what, I'm finding the passion of my life. And again, it, the interviews and all that, that boost your ego. My sure. ego. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I thought, I'm doing it very good again. And you're still carrying the tumors at that time? Or did you have any removed? I didn't have any removed until okay. like three years ago, four years ago. So... Then my niece was born. I was 36 when she was born. Mm-hmm. I did not have any nieces or nobody around me had babies other than my friends. But I thought, you know what? They were born to be mothers. And my grandmother and my mom, they were both like housewives. And they were like, you know what? You have to do things differently. You have to conquer the world. You are born to conquer the world. Mm-hmm. But so how does the, I, uh-huh, yeah. sorry, go ahead. No, 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 you go ahead. I was just thinking because you're talking about 
you know, your niece being born at 36 and, um, you know, others, other, other people having kids, but you were still pursuing that path of career. And even your, your family saw you as a career woman and not necessarily going into motherhood. I'm curious, what is the culture? How does Guatemala view older first time moms? I, I didn't ask myself that question until like I was 36. I went to, to the doctor and I asked him if I could be a mom at 36. I could close my ex. Mm-hmm. And he told me that I was too old for that. That I should have come before 35. And how would and you ever at, know that? That's the thing. Yeah, we, it's, yeah. I, I feel like that information is not out there when you're in your 20s. Same thing here in the U.S. Like, yeah. I don't think women realize that until they go to that, the appointment. They're ready to start at your, the age you went at 36 and then find this out. Yes. So and how it's did so you hard. <laughs> how it's, so, it's so hard to get that news because for me, I could accomplish in my eyes everything that I wanted. Mm-hmm. But when I saw that career, I was like shocked. Mm-hmm. Like, but then I felt I don't I don't know the word in English, but I so I don't know like defeated maybe defeated shame defeated like like what you were saying like why nobody told me that mm-hmm. if I knew this 10 years ago or five years ago, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be in this situation I am right now. Mm-hmm. So after that, I, I lost the baby. I got pregnant naturally and I lost the baby. And then I met my right now, who's right now my husband and and we decided we wanted to have kids. Mm-hmm. So after that, I went through my first IVF. And before the IVF, the doctor removed my tumors. And I had like eight or I don't know how much. And they, I also had endometriosis. Mm-hmm. So okay. the doctor, the word mm-hmm. doctor was like, you are 40. You don't have any frozen eggs. Mm-hmm. You have endometriosis. Plus, you have these tumors. It's going to be, you have less than 5% chances of having a baby. So mm-hmm. we have to do IVF as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. So I felt like there was a train coming in my back that I was 40 and the train was going to hit me any moment. Like mm-hmm. the toll was 40 and I already passed 40. Mm-hmm. So something, something case, and this was in Guatemala. I don't think these things happen in the U.S., but we did the IVF, and when they store some of our embryos, mm-hmm. I got like eight eggs or ten, I don't know, but eight fertilized. That's very good. Yeah, that's, that's a very lot. for my age. A lot yes, for yes. my for my age. Mm-hmm. And I just went through IBS and I didn't prepare for anything. I didn't eat right. I just went through IBS. I felt like I was 40. I had to do it. Mm-hmm. And then I took some time off. And when I started calling the clinic to see where our embryos were, 
they didn't answer. So my husband went in there and they told us that there were no embryos. What? Yes. It's still, I don't know what's going to happen from that, but it was awful. Oh my God, that's devastating. Yes. And and that moment, I I remember very good. I was in a bank and a baby came in like with his mom and I'm like, I could have a baby like him, but uh-huh. I don't know where he is. And it was so hard. That that was a really hard year for me. Oh my gosh! I, I mean, that's it's hard to even speak of and to listen to right now. Yes, I'm and, sorry that you went through that. And they, there's a zoo for the clinic and everything, but that's not going to solve anything. No. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. And after that, like when you have such a story and people start knowing what happened to you, like I got, that's why when you talk to me, I like, you know what, any minute, because so many women start helping me. Like, this is what I did without even calling them. Like I heard what happened to you and there's hope for you. There's all these choices that you can take, but you are going to be a mother. Mm-hmm. And I start getting all the support from people that I did not even know. Oh, good. Like, what, so was your yeah. story made public at the time? Like, how did those people hear your story? No, no. But you know what? When you live in a small country, people start talking. Okay. Yes. And some people knew. So this was like spread. Mm-hmm. And so after that, I believe my whole life kind of started crumbling down. Mm. My business was doing really bad. Uh, My marriage was not in the best place. I was not in the best place either. Mm. Mm. And I was really sad. And with all the hormones you get when you go through IBS. Mm -hmm. Everything was heightened. Mm -hmm. Yes. So somebody who worked in a, in a clinic, connect me with a, a clinic in Spain and told me this is the best place where you can get an IVF in the world. And he introduced me to the director of the clinic. And believe me when I tell you, I got the best treatment anybody can get in a fertility clinic. It was, the clinic was amazing. People were Excellent. super, Excellent. super nice. Super nice. Now, did you have and, to relocate to Spain for that time frame? I'm sure you did. Yes, yes, yes. I did go to Madrid. Mm-hmm. And did you have so, to spend eight weeks there? What I'm guessing you had to spend at least eight weeks. I did spend five weeks because they started the treatment here in Guatemala. I started like getting the shots here because I already went through it once. Oh, so, sure. okay. and, yes, and there was a doctor here who, who, who would send all my labs to Spain and the doctor would do this, do this, do that. It was, it was really amazing. I'm happy to but, hear that. Yes, but mm-hmm. the doctor said, at your age, we need to see what kind of embryos we have. Mm-hmm. So they did test the embryos. We now they didn't test. Oh, okay. 
So the embryos that you had in Guatemala yes. were not even tested because they don't know what happened to them. Yes. In Guatemala, they don't have the technology to test them. So I, I would have had to ship, like they cut a little bit to test it to some another country, but the doctor did not advise me that. It's, I yeah. believe the fertility journey is something that you start finding out once you're there. In the process. There's, yes, oh, there's so no much information out there. Oh, I see. Thank you for tuning in to part one of Karina's story. Before beginning IVF, consider important questions like how many embryos will be transferred, what you will do with extra embryos, how you will handle a multiple pregnancy. For more information on what to expect for IVF treatment, visit mayoclinic.org. That's a resource, not a paid sponsorship. Come back next week and listen in to part two of Karina's story.